Friends, let us pray. Gracious God, you tell us that you knew us before we were born. Help us to live in that assurance as we make our way through our days and our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. American culture is fascinated with destiny, with the idea that one can reach this seemingly unattainable. The American dream of social mobility is alive and well. It's present in attempts to grow an ample income stream through social media influencing. It's manifest in the abundance of reality shows that promise instant fame or infamy on a worldwide stage. This aspiration is reflected in our current fixation on superheroes and Marvel movies. We are drawn to stories of a regular person who suddenly overcomes human physical limitations and discovers supernatural powers. These cultural tendencies reflect a longing to be discovered, to be recognized as special, to become something more than who we've been. Theologically, this desire should not surprise us. We have a deep-seated sense that we are destined for greater things. In fact, we see this reflected in society because we are destined to become more than who we are. Scripture tells us that we are called beyond our finitude, to be intimately known by God, to be part of something bigger than ourselves, even to never-ending life in Christ. We do have a higher calling, a bigger purpose. Our passage from Isaiah speaks to this higher calling. Isaiah is very generally comprised of two main thematic sections. The first, chapters 1 to 33, warns of the coming judgment against first Israel and then Judah that's to be accomplished through foreign invasions. The second, chapters 34 to 66, speak to God's people after judgment has taken place, promising that restoration is at hand. For Israel and Judah, Judgment came not only in death and destruction at the hands of the first Assyrians and then the Babylonians, but in forced exile. God's people have been defeated, their temple destroyed. They've been taken in chains to Babylon, alienated from their land and their God. And this exile is a crisis of identity and faith. Are they still God's people? How can they worship God in a foreign land with no temple? Who is Israel apart from her land and temple? Into this crisis, Isaiah speaks a word of hope. As we hear Isaiah's word today, let us hear it in stereo as the multivalent message that it is. First, it is in context, a message to God's people exiled in Babylon. The Lord called me before I was born and said to me, you are my servant Israel in whom I will be glorified. 
even as God's people live in exile. They are God's chosen people. God has not deserted them, nor has he demoted them. It is through Israel, chosen by God way back in Genesis, when this people was just a gleam in Abraham's eye, it is through this people that God will be glorified. This passage is also a promise of the salvation found in the suffering servant, who Christians understand to be Jesus Christ. The Lord formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, that Israel might be gathered to him. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Christians read this passage as foretelling Jesus' sacrificial, suffering redemption of not only God's people, but of the whole world. Yet we should hear these words not just as comfort and promise to God's people in exile, and not only as prefiguring the salvific work of Jesus, but as a charge to take up our own higher, bigger calling. This passage reveals the shape of the call for which each of us is created. First, we are called before we are even born. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was in my mother's womb, he named me. Scripture references this call that reaches back into the womb in several other places. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul explains, God, who had set me apart before I was born and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me so that I might proclaim him among the Gentiles. And the prophet Jeremiah describes his call. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. This message is echoed in the Psalms as well, especially Psalm 139. So God knew us even before we were born. God knows us intimately and has a plan for us as part of his people. When asked about his inspiration and creativity, Michelangelo responded, the sculpture is already complete within the marble block before I start my work. It is already there. I just have to chisel away the superfluous material. So too, we are not left to our own devices, to chisel our life out of a block of marble, to figure it all out for ourselves. God knows the ways our lives will help bring about the redemption of the world. And he invites us to discover that higher calling. Then God's servant reveals his struggle with the call. I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. We too struggle with discerning our call. The world entices us with its shiny toys and experiences. It manipulates us through fear of lack, of insignificance, of loneliness. And so we join the fray, swimming upstream, exhausting ourselves in search of what exactly? Contentment? acceptance, respect. 
insulation from the chaos and unpredictability of the world? We waste our effort. We spend our strength trying to secure our circumstance. God tells us all of this is vanity. Our call comes from him, not from the world. He invites us to trust in him first. He asks that we slow down and spend time with him, that we might discover the deeper, more relational, more healing way that he wants us to make our way through his world. Or perhaps we're confident that we've discerned God's higher calling for us, but are discouraged by the hardships that slow our progress or lack of evidence that our efforts have been effective, that they've made any difference at all. Our passage assures us that God accompanies us through the hardships and that God takes our efforts and gathers them up to bring about his purposes our inability to see how, notwithstanding. In offering us this reassurance, God not only affirms our call, he expands it. It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation will reach to the ends of the earth. Years ago, there was a running gag on Saturday Night Live about a dating app called Lowered Expectations. <laughs> Lowered Expectations was populated by quite less than desirable romantic candidates. God refuses to sign up for Lowered Expectations. Rather than looking upon our failure to live into our call and adjusting his expectations downward, God expands our vocation. Jeremiah assures us, for surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. God's plan for us is so much bigger than our plan for ourselves. He will broaden our vision. He will help us see that the limits we assume about our impact are false barriers. When we faithfully pursue our call for goodness and healing and relational availability, our influence on the world will expand like ripples from a stone in the water. We have seen the example of children moved to compassion by encounters with homelessness or by the sight of children orphaned by AIDS or by images of those dying of dysentery from unclean drinking water. Children who have felt compelled to do something. Their collection efforts and sponsored events have made an enormous impact for good in their communities and sometimes in the world. Yet all of these started as modest efforts. God takes our first steps our modest efforts and reveals that whether we see it or not, whether we are aware of it or not, we are doing precisely what he wants us to do in moving the world just a smidge more toward him and his vision. 
Friends, during this season of Epiphany, we are looking at the ways Jesus Christ is revealed as Savior and light of the world. Our passage from Isaiah reminds us that we are to be epiphanies, revelations of Jesus. God has called us from before we were born. He charges us to extricate ourselves from the web that the world spins, the web that keeps us from knowing and living into our true call in God. And then God promises that once we show up ready to assume our call, he will expand it. Our efforts to faithfully reveal Christ in the world will be supersized by God, reaching further and deeper than we can imagine. Do not ignore the nudges and intuitions that whisper that you are meant for a bigger, more meaningful life. You have been created for it from before you were born. And God will never stop calling you into it. Amen.